Well, that was very fast. What are you doing here? Did you get my message? No, I didn't. I, I paused it. What are you doing here? That was him, wasn't it? The perfect guy? Yes, it was, and he's coming back, so please. What do you want? No, go home to your wife. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome to the Mirandas. Welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I think I'm just going to preemptively say that this is the pelvic floor sode. <laughs> okay, I we are so on the same page because I literally have pelvic floor therapy must share. I have so much yes. to tell. Um, Me as well. So yeah, we can so, share our notes with our, our, with our listeners. <laughs> yes, we have so much to say about pelvic floor therapy. As I actually have something I'm, really funny to say in a little bit. Okay, wait, it. should we get into the, should we describe the episode first? Let's describe the episode. <laughs> okay, so we have season three, episode eight, The Big Time. And in this episode, a quick summary, the girls are all facing timing in their lives. <laughs> Charlotte is quickly falling in love with Trey. Miranda and Steve have bad timing and they break up. Carrie runs into big. And in the end, he says all the things that she needed to hear just too late. And Samantha thinks he's going through menopause and then ends up getting her period late. So the episode has to deal with a lot of lateness, quickness, beginnings and endings. And it's a pretty Yeah, I thought it was overall. a good episode. I really um, I'm it's fun. I don't know. There was, again, like we're watching this with the end just like that lens. We there's a lot of weird foreshadow. I think we're going to be seeing from now on. I have maybe we should have some like a foreshadow chime because I have some foreshadow things. Uh, one of which is the whole it felt like deja vu watching Samantha go through her menopause scare because I like Charlotte had the menopause scare and and uh, just like that. You're right. And it just like that was filmed like two decades before Samantha's menopause scare. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you that think about it. That is so incredible. And she and just to kind of fill the listeners in. Um, you know, Samantha, during this episode, the girls are talking about, you know, getting their periods, whatever she, Samantha opens her mail and has a piece of mail that's directed towards older women and products for older women. And so Samantha is kind of bemoaning aging and being targeted mm -hmm. as an older woman. And there's this really fantastic scene in the bathroom, a classic all four girls talking. And she's like, girls, come here. And she puts her <laughs> arms around them. And she's like, I'm a little bit older than you. I thought that was such a good scene. I loved scene. the buildup that was like, I have something that might be hard to hear or that you don't know about. <laughs> I'm a little bit older than you. And they were all like, um, doy. <laughs> <laughs> doy. It's kind of cute that she is older than them. Yeah. And as you get older, like it's natural to have friends who are younger, yeah. friends that are older. Yeah. You know, when you're in college, it'd be weird to have a 40-year-old friend or yeah. a friend who's like 10 years older than you. How I much mean, older not, is Samantha, though? Like, let's say they're all what, like 32, 33, 34? I would say she's definitely in her 
50. No. No. I'm so sorry. I take that back (laughs) immediately as I said it. I believe that she's in her her mid 40s. Okay. I thought, yeah, I thought she was going to be closer to like 41 or something, 42. And the girls are like more like 32, 33, 34. Mm, That makes sense. Because I know in one episode and I'm not I don't remember what it is, but I know she's like, I'm 40 fucking five and proud of it. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, I think yeah. it's one of those. Yeah. Um, And but yeah, so Samantha is older than the girls. And I thought the that part of the episode was really cute when they were dealing with the tampons. I was kind of I don't want to say triggered when I saw the paper tampons. I don't know if people still use <laughs> um, those. I still use I, those. I used one a few days ago. <laughs> the, the card, the, the paper cardboard ones. Yeah. Get them free at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> my my office also has them for free. My old office. Okay, and I would hoard I, them so I didn't have to pay for fucking. Those I mean, pearls. are expensive. I totally get it, but <laughs> I I am I a fan of single use plastics? No, but I just remember the feeling of like hard cardboard and like cotton. Yeah, and I think it's kind of miserable. I don't know. I I, I was triggered Suck when I saw up, that Sarah. paper. Suck it up. <laughs> I don't know. But you know what though? Hey. Um no, it's definitely I, yeah, not I mean, pleasant. Single use yeah. plastics, those pearl tampons, <laughs> those plastic things just woo, just wasting away. And I guess I guess you're a little bit more eco-friendly and and frugal. <laughs> I, I think I'm just also like I hate that feeling of like when you need one and you don't have one. And I'm like, I'm like the queen of leaving like an empty Tampax Pearl box under my sink. With none of them in there, you know, and then it's like, psych, when you go and get one. Um, oh, you're one of those. So I just hoard. Anytime I see frayed ones, I grab them like a little chipmunk and just like stuff them in my bag. It's like the equivalent of like a 90 year old man hoarding like Splenda. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> well, I guess it's good to know. Well, in, in this in this episode, Carrie is that. Um, where she has multiple tampons in her purse and her friends are getting them. And um, I don't know. I thought that there was a lot of cute scenes in this episode of all four girls like talking and bonding. There's a lot of like girl time in this episode. There was. And I kind of liked that. Well, okay. So which um, we have uh, each character has a great arc, I think, in this episode. Um, who do mm-hmm. we want to start with first? I think we should start start with I mean we're kind of already talking about Samantha and she at brunch mentions the kegels or kegels kegels and I think that could lead us really into our pelvic floor discussion our pelvic floor zone yeah yeah so basically um (laughs) (laughs) Samantha is explaining to I don't even know how they got on the kegel topic they were just talking about something related to oh menstruation something that came Oh, no, no, no. Something that came up in the uh, flyer that Samantha got in the mail was vagina weights. Oh, yes. Okay, so just to backtrack, Samantha, she's freaking out that she doesn't have her period. She's saying like, damn it, I knew I shouldn't have subscribed to that magazine. There's like a magazine called New Transitions. And my Samantha Zinger. I'm a trisexual. I'll try anything once. Actually, is... She calls it J. Crew for women who are drying up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I didn't have a Samantha Zinger, so I'm so glad you found that yeah. one. That's perfect. And so I guess there's like, what were they called? Vagina balls, which they don't call them that now. I think I would say 
uh, like vaginal weights, vaginal <laughs> vagina balls. <laughs> <laughs> They're vagina balls. <laughs> It's the ball method. Um, so, so um, this is okay. So Sarah and I both let's just slide right in. Um, okay, so Sarah and I have really tight sh- pelvic floors. Yes. So Charlotte <laughs> mentioned something about vagina weights. Samantha then transitions to Kegel. She's saying she's doing them right now. You know, and a Kegel is when it's like you're stopping the flow of pee, right? So that motion of like tensing, stopping the yeah. motion, contracting. Now, a lot of women are told, do your Kegels, yeah. be tight. Now, for people like Gilly and I, <laughs> Kegels are the opposite of what we should opposite. do. And and this isn't like a brag of like, oh, so tight. I'm it's so not that at tight. all. Like a pick it's me not that, girl it, thing. It, it, I'm not I'm not proud of how tight I am down there. <laughs> it's not about tightness. It's the fact that our pelvic floor muscles are so like intense that it like we have pain. We have pain. Well, and let so, me explain for like I'll yeah, explain. Let's go further. <laughs> We're getting all WebMD on everyone. This is like this is like talking about your dreams. No one actually cares. Like no one actually yeah, cares no, no about your ailments, you know? Um but I have so many ailments. But this is though. our <laughs> podcast. Um uh Basically, for me and for Sarah, like what like we were told, like you actually do not use Kegel balls. Do not. I was told not to do Pilates for a little bit. You want to loosen. I know I had to stop too. stop clenching your butt, like stop doing anything like peripheral to your pelvic floor that will tighten it more. Um, I was told to like even watch when I'm grinding my teeth because that's like another like stress indicator of like tightening Mm -hmm. and clenching. And they're all kind of related. And um, basically, the yeah, the Kegel balls will actually be more harmful because you're you're trying to actually like untrain that muscle and you're trying to weaken the muscle. So instead of giving it like weights to start like pumping iron, you want to do the exact opposite. You want to weaken it. And yeah, and yeah, you have relaxation and, and learn to re- relax it. And my symptom that I actually didn't even realize was indicative of a tight pelvic floor. I knew that like for me, sex was like kind of like um, intercourse was painful for me. So that's why I started going. But I also learned that like I used to pee my pants like every day. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It would just be a little, but I at work every day, all of a sudden it would hit me that I needed to pee like a racehorse and I would have to like literally like <laughs> do some crazy like crypt walk all the way down to the bathroom. <laughs> so I didn't pee myself and I learned it was because because that muscle is so tight and it's it's as if you're flexing your arm at all times. You actually can't even feel when it needs to be contracted because it's always contracted. Yeah. And so I couldn't feel the sensation of like a full bladder or like needing to pee. Mm-hmm. And so I would get to the brink of like, oh, my God, like pee myself a little bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, honestly. And, and I have the exact opposite problem that mm, I, my bladder and those pelvic floor muscles are so tight and so like unrelaxed that I can't pee. Yeah. And so it's really, really hard. And or it, constipated it's like I too. Can't, 
Yeah. And so you keep you. I have to like, oh, God, pelvic floor therapy is a combination of getting a the worst, not the worst. I'm sorry. It's the vulnerability of a Brazilian wax yes. and the awkwardness of a gynecological. Yes. Patient. And and is a combination. OK, let me set the scene. Set it. My set, it set it. Set it. I. <laughs> There's no parking around there. So I have to take a city bike. All right. So first off, I'm, I have to take a city bike. I'm Sarah, already uncomfortable. No. I'm coming from work. I have my giant winter coat on. I have my giant fucking backpack from work. You got that vag. I get to this fucking office right on that in Midtown. Saddle. Yeah. Yep. It, I'm, I go to this Midtown office, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I go in. Now, for some godforsaken reason... I get I have to get onto this like bed. It's like a gurney type thing. Yeah. And for some reason, they put a mirror right across from the bed. <laughs> and then I'm told to disrobe. So you have to get <laughs> dressed from the bottom down. And then you're just kind of looking at yourself in a mirror. But it's pretty low. So, OK, then I'm asked to basically put myself in different contortions that you get a Brazilian Um we all know the butterfly, happy baby. Now, this is all done oh. when there's a mirror directly in front of you. <laughs> so seeing your vagina and asshole in medical grade lighting is horrifying <laughs> and you shouldn't have to see it. And no one should. OK, and it's like it it's gets, like an H&M dressing room, but ten times worse. It's the worst. Imagine the worst lighting in a dressing room and then naked and someone else is there putting their finger inside of you. Okay? And like massaging and, and like, yeah. So like literally massaging you, like opening you up like they're as if they're like picking yes. up cotton candy on like a cone, like a paper cone. <laughs> 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 okay that is so honestly on point the fact that you've gone through this too and i know my, um my i know someone else who's done pelvic floor therapy and yeah. it's a really unique experience because if you've ever done physical therapy like they touch you mm -hmm. and pelvic floor is pel pelvic floor therapy exact same thing but they're getting those pelvic floor muscles so her fingers inside they're of you and like you. massaging they're those finger muscles blasting. now when i told but well, they're pretty much finger blasting and you're paying for it not and insurance does not cover this so it's essentially prostitution <laughs> did you get off like no, just so kidding. it's there's so and then like i and I, i'm telling dakota about this and he's like whoa hot like doctor this and i was like no, no, no this is not a sexual God. experience whatsoever <laughs> and then she's like doing like then, you know, she, she's like massaging and then making me contract and release, contract and release. And again, this is the it's 35 minutes of being tense and uncomfortable. Yeah. And yet the purpose of it yeah. is to relax and not be. So it's fighting yeah. all of your instincts to like, like not be vulnerable. Yeah. And so I really it is teaching me to relax yeah. just based on the sheer embarrassment <laughs> that I'm going through, you know, um, and I. And then I have like homework assignments. Yes. I have to do these like stretches and yeah. things. But I don't know if I mean maybe. Hey, maybe someone's listening and they're and and yeah. and it will help them want to go to pelvic floor therapy. Um, it's supposed to be really great and really helpful. I was having the same issues with Gilly, like pain during sex, and just my the biggest issue was lower back pain to the oh. point where even my students. One of my students sent me an email. I taught them how to use email. Okay. <laughs> I work with kids with special needs. Okay, <laughs> what did they he say? sent me an email and he sent me a link to a chiropractor because I had been complaining about my back oh, so much. Oh, that's really sweet. So, 
It was no, honestly, super sweet. Um, I was like, that's not the issue, buddy. But okay. <laughs> so pelvic floor therapy. So Kegels out vaginal massaging by a stranger <laughs> in a doctor's office in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear know. something? So that, yeah. Do you want to hear something funny? So like. Absolutely. Oh, so hilarious. So this must have been at the beginning of. No. Yeah. This was at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember like when there were all those like sales, like like crazy, like 60, 70 percent off sales online. Oh, yeah. Like and I mean, I I became a consumer in like 2020. And Gilly, you were saving the economy. <laughs> I was, yeah, supporting my local like vibrator store. Um, yeah. So there was like some sort of like. <laughs> Like website, it might have even been Rabbit, but I don't think it was Rabbit. It was some sort of like sex toy website, like for women, and they had like seventy percent off. So I ended up getting the Rabbit, like at like seventy percent off. I think I got it for like twenty dollars or something. Like my god, what a deal! Really cheap, and I was like, well, okay, we'll throw in some Kegel balls. And this was before I had like literally right before I had seen the pelvic floor specialist. And I put in the Kegel balls and I was like, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm, no, no, that does not feel right. That feels like like aching, horrific pain. And so I yanked, oh my gosh. So I yanked it out. Fast forward to <laughs> two days ago, 2022. I am, which I had mentioned uh, last week on the podcast, uh, my boyfriend and I, we broke up and I am currently like packing up my stuff and moving out. <laughs> and so I can't even, Sarah, I can't even tell you. I I started going through like my draw, like my little nightstand of like, you know, and it had a vibrator and like some like a sex positions book. And it had in like a little my little plastic case like the kegel balls that i bought and i completely forgot about them oh my i God. spent easily 20 minutes trying to figure out if i should donate them to salvation army <laughs> <laughs> like is that like an osha violation like a workplace <laughs> health violation to have those in the store and i oh can't tell God. you i have all my different bags and i'm like I'm like, first I put it in Salvation Army and then I'm like, well, maybe it should go in the creative reuse center because like artists might be able to like figure out what like something interesting to do with these. And then I was like, maybe I should keep them. And then I was like, maybe I should wash them and give them to a friend. <laughs> and then I ended up that they they needed to be in the garbage. That was the only. only- You're like. But do they spark joy? You're like, I Marie Kondoed the fuck out of this thing. And I don't know if they spark joy. Do they spark joy. They spark something. I don't know what. They, they don't spark pleasure. Maybe indirectly they'll one day spark joy for someone. That would be an amazing Marie Kondo skit where she they start like holding up like random objects like that. And the person has to like tell these stories like you. Um, so that's, okay, that's so my, I'm glad you threw them in the trash. Yeah, threw, threw them in the trash. So I did not think I'd be bringing up my Kegel balls again. So maybe they did have that. You know how in Marie Kondo, like in the book, they apparently like 
if you're organizing and clearing out your stuff, you can look at the object and thank it and like remember the memories you had with it and then like say goodbye to it. Like, yeah, maybe like that's what happened. Like the Kegel balls have lived on in this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. They've you've given your gratitude and you've just put them right in the fucking trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess what, what what was the material they were made out of? I don't really know. I don't know. They're, I don't know. They were they were really bizarre. Like <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. And I was like, can I sterilize these or no? And I was just like, could this be a paperweight? Like how can you <laughs> reduce, reuse, recycle, reduce, reuse, recycle? Can I like sell these on Etsy? like glue some popsicle sticks to them. <laughs> make a Christmas ornament <laughs> and up it's upcycled it's reclaimed it's upcycling all right <laughs> no you and I are the exact same way where if you could see the shit that I eat and I've been so much better but I used to be a horrific hoarder where like I would I could you could hand me anything and I could tell you five things that I could do with it which I never will do right so I would I'm the same way that I would hold on to it thinking I could either upcycle it donate it do something with it, and I just like fucking hold on to it um I I yeah I have a big clean coming where I'm gonna have to be faced with objects maybe not like that per yeah. se but in the same line of like this is not serving me like <laughs> really want to find a new home for it um yeah i wonder if we just lost like one male follower yeah exactly well why don't we i think it's my brother so maybe (laughs) probably um why don't we get back into the episode so um okay so so moving on to we're gonna yeah let's transition a little bit away from the from vaginal health because i do have another story because we're going to go back to samantha and the period story yeah. and you know i've got a good story yeah. for that one yeah um so <laughs> i think we should talk about charlotte and yes. the rules well okay? charlotte and so, trey so we now in the opening credits yeah. we saw kyle mclaughlin's name and you know it, he's now they're charlotte and him and are dating and they are completely relishing every moment of their like how we met story and they're kind of like ad nauseum repeating it over and over again um to Carrie to themselves they're kind of like getting off on their story so where was I unfortunately it was Trey who was doing most of the gabbing you're at the part about the birthday present oh that's right so my mother gives me this god-awful machine, you know, for sorting change. She has a lot of change. <laughs> for my birthday. And I lied to her and I said, I loved it. I immediately jumped into a cab and drove that thing right back down to Haverford. <laughs> so there I was on... 40th and Broadway. Right, 40th and Broadway. And I hear this woman yell like a hyena. I so, did not! And if you don't remember last week, um, <laughs> I actually have a funny note, which I'll talk about later. I... Charlotte like falls in front of a cab and Trey like is her knight in shining armor. So what were you going to say about their relationship? So Charlotte is kind of being the classic rules girl. Yes. She's not going to be super sexually open with him unless she's gaining levels of commitment from him. So the more he shows commitment, the more then she'll give her body essentially so did she explicitly say that though because i was like okay because throughout the episode i was like honestly 
my note is why is Charlotte not having sex with him? Like I never really understood like how she landed at that kind of choice. I don't fully know either. I do think it stems from that. Uh, not wanting to make a mistake. It? and Yeah. And that very like puritanical view of like sex, that sex can ruin things or sex is a reward. You have to kind of yeah. hold to get what you want, which women, we've heard this all the time, yeah. right? Like don't have sex until X number of dates. Don't have sex and until this. We've talked about it on the pod. We talk about it all the time. And like, are these, is there merit to these rules? Is there not? But in Charlotte's case, she's kind of giving him the bases. She calls it kissing with extras, which is just feels oh a little after God. school. Especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then at the end, Trey ends up saying, I love you. And she kind of rewards him with a hand job. Right. Like so by, you know, and they've really been dating for like three weeks. I, I even God, am I old fashioned? I feel like a hand job in three weeks is kind of fast. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's I think I'm like you know what like maybe probably in the slow lane sexually now but <laughs> no I think that's a good point like I don't know it's really hard for me to answer those things like I've always been for some of our like newer listeners who like came on through and just like that we've talked about this I think in season one where Carrie puts on the naked dress and she's about to go on a date I think with big and the girls yes. are oh, yeah. all at her apartment before. And Charlotte's like, you can't wear that. And it gets them into a conversation of like, what night do you wait? And Samantha says like, you know, it can be like one, three, 14, 15. Like he can still like fuck you and leave you. And um, Charlotte's like third date. Um, and Miranda's like, just not the first, which is kind of my philosophy, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I actually strongly believe in not having sex on the first date or yeah. like, honestly, in the first week of meeting someone, yeah. even a couple, I'm, I fall into the camp of waiting as much as you can. Um, because if you like the person I, though, I think True, true. Okay, if you're like feeling it and you just want that, sure, follow that impulse. I do think there's something about it's kind of like that, like the marshmallow test, you know, like with kids, where when you can delay gratification, yeah. it it shows like better long term mental health or just like yeah. general well being. So I think delaying gratification when it comes to sexual urges with dating can actually maybe help. And I, I. Then again, what do I know? I'm sure there's no, but tons I think, of couples that have met and had sex right away. I personally think waiting helps. I think for me, it's more of like, I don't really like the rules or like parameters around that. And I think a lot of parameters yep. in dating are like really specifically towards women. Because if there were more parameters for men, maybe they wouldn't be like touching us in the workplace or like, you know, like doing like really like fucked up things on dates um <laughs> and so yeah maybe yeah i feel like women have to, to mind their p's and q's in order to like get a partner and men like don't have to do that as much um yeah and i wonder as a society how that that kind of asserts a really negative view of men right that like women you have to kind of do certain things because like, yeah. the big bad man is gonna like get you and i feel like that's kind of setting low expectations for men when we should have higher expectations yeah for whatever but or even I like think to secure a good guy or a husband or someone wants to you have to do all these things and like for like men i feel like very often it's like 
well, he's just not that into you then. So now you just have to wait for him to like make up his mind and like when things are on his terms. So, yes. you know, I don't, so, yeah. I, so, exa- and I'm glad that you mentioned that because for me, the, the waiting to have sex is really self-protective. Because yes. I think for yeah. a lot of women, and this could just That's be a good me, distinction. I think sex can create a false sense of intimacy in which you don't yeah. really know that person you yeah. don't really know if you really like them, but having sex with someone just biochemically can, can make you feel more attached to somebody. Yeah. And I think it's better to wait to see, do I like this person? Do I trust yeah. this person? Do I feel safe with this person? Yeah. Because I do have much more conservative views on sex than I did when I was younger. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that it can really complicate things if yeah. you do it too early. And if and and again, I'm also somebody I really promote choice. And yeah. if that's what you're choosing to do, then you should feel free yeah. to do that. I'm not like saying it's slutty or whatever. Yeah. But I think if your your if your goal is to find a long lasting partner, I think waiting is super important to see yes. that you actually like that person. Yes. I think that like that's that's yeah, I think if that's your goal and if you see potential, like then yeah, you want to get to know that person. And I think that um, you know, sex can be viewed as, oh, it's just sex or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It's fun. But at the same time, it is like a really powerful thing. And there's a reason why people really like sex. And there's a reason why sex sells and blah, 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 blah. Like sex is great. Like there's a reason why. And like that can really kind of overshadow like other qualities of a person um, dickmatized, uh, as we described Che for Miranda. <laughs> um, but I think for me, just like the rule of thumb is like, it's more of like an indulgence thing. I think it's th- that delayed gratification, which you were talking about. Like for me, like I like personally, like wouldn't <clears throat> order like Chinese food and then like, you know, bake a bunch of cookies that night and then like order, you know, seamless, um, you know, a bunch of ice cream. And like, I want to enjoy each of those things. And so it feels like savored and special and really exciting for the next time you get to like, you know, do that and like maybe spread it across three days. But Absolutely. Three dates or whatever. Um, but yeah, it is kind of like, I mean, it's definitely on brand for Charlotte to like, you know, kind of get superstitious in in thinking she needs to kind of like hold on to the good one. Um, yeah. And yeah. also, I mean, I think let, let's look at char- uh, Charlotte's character arc in which she's been put in these absurd compromising mm. sexual positions. You get threesome guy, anal guy, blowjob guy. <laughs> And I, I think, you know, she's really looking out for herself. Here. Yeah. You know, God yeah. knows what's, you know, and, and and as the viewers know, spoiler alert, like it's not great. She gets like no come guy, you know, yeah. like can't get hard guy. Can't, yeah. And, climax guy or like pre-ejaculation. Right. Guy. Yes. No ejaculation <laughs> guy. And I so y- you almost want to say like maybe you should sleep yeah, with someone early. And she's being I mean, punished. I definitely <laughs> would say. Do not wait until you're married. Yes. Whoever thought of yes. that. I mean, yes. I know that stems deeply from like religious yeah. thoughts and 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 if that's what and you believe frameworks. religiously, then like 
Hell yeah, go for it. But I think like out of Charlotte's mentality, I mean, it's okay. I, I want to support religious freedom, yeah. but that's that's wow. Yeah, I don't know. I I would not ever wait. Well, as to my marriage. therapist says, there is an orgasm gap um, between with religious. No, between men and women, like the org, like you know, the wage gap. But like, <laughs> there's that. Oh. But there's also like a big orgasm gap. Which is obviously like there's more men like having orgasms than women. And and it's about like helping women like be able to communicate more or be in touch with their body, like use vibrators, whatever, whatever to like close that gap. And also like have their have like more comfort bringing those things into the bedroom so that women can also have an orgasm. (laughs) Well, maybe you should donate those vagina words. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants some Kegel balls, they're probably yeah, in my trash can need. downstairs. <laughs> right. So the um, but the other part of the Charlotte Trey plotline that I wanted to discuss, and it's kind of a main theme in the episode, is timing and timing mm. in relationships. And this leads me to my Mirandaism. It feels good to be sarcastic. Ooh. And my Mirandaism is that she, the, the girls are talking like about <laughs> Trey and how he's ready. He's so available. And yeah. Miranda's like, it's all about timing. You've got to get him while their light is on. And they have this whole oh, metaphor taxi about cab. a cab yeah. being with their light on, they're ready. And I think timing is huge with dating. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like yes. you meet somebody at the wrong time of your mm-hmm. life. You had met them, you know, five years before, mm-hmm. 10 years later, mm-hmm. whatever. And it could have worked out. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think Miranda was was on point with um, the comment of timing that Trey is just ready now. Like he, his light is on. I've always, I the timing has always been the trickiest part, I think, about dating. Um, and I, I feel like, um, you know, it should be lent more, you know, importance because- I think a lot of the times it's not the he's just not that into you type of feedback. It's sometimes it's like actually should be less about being like a perfect person for somebody and and more about like we all are going through our own we have our own backstories and like where we are and what we're dealing with at the moment. And um yeah, timing is really tough and um you know, you like look at like people who are like, you know, friends and it t- it can take them years until they realize that they want to date each other and things like that. And um, or the timing is never right. Yeah. Like, there's like that. And I think that's such a trope in romance books. Yeah. And, you know, I'm such a fan <laughs> of like those Kindle, you know, romance Devour books. Devour them. And that's a huge trope in it is timing and yeah. like having the will they will that will they won't they yeah. it never worked out the timing like was never TV right show, they were with people yeah. right and like in a lot of movies and love stories mm-hmm. that's a huge thing timing they just missed each other they you know whatever and um I I thought it was an interesting conversation to have. And then you see it in the episode with Carrie and Big. I was going to say. Here's Carrie Mm -hmm. with Aiden and she's super happy. And then, of course, (sighs) just like we talked about with the dance that Big does, the withholding dance, the interest dance, he comes back into the picture and he says all the things that she wishes he had said 
a year ago, oh, right? Yeah. And it was just like the worst timing for her because she's torn. She's really into Aiden, but we know she pines for big. We know, like we start out the episode with Aiden and Carrie in bed and they basically have opened up their own little city as she describes it in their room, which is they order takeout. And like, they've just been in bed 24 seven, just like having sex, hanging out, watching movies, just like being in that honeymoon phase. Yeah. They're in their own little world. So <laughs> so Carrie um, is going to an event thrown by, what is it, Gag, Gaggle or Gab? Gab. Gab magazine. Because she wants to go to see the celebrities or something. And it's like on a boat. And for some reason, Charlotte and Trey are there also, or they were also invited or whatever. It doesn't make sense. The invite list is fucked up and weird. Big would never be there. Yeah. And so Big is there for some reason. And, you know, he comes over and it's so interesting, like seeing, watching this series, like now that I'm older and like, you know, I've been through like ups and downs of datings and relationships and I just... I can't even tell you how there was such a stench to Big when he came up to her before he even said anything. And I would have fallen for that shit when I was younger. He just reeked of, I'm going to give you like weird flirty compliments and like try to like get your attention. And just when I thought I was safe. Hello. Oh, hi. Jeez. Hmm. Hello. I ran into the man I'd been happy with for five minutes. Right. Well, I... I thought I might see you here. You did? So where's Natasha? She missed the boat. Oh, sorry. And so he goes, you're so right. And you see she tries to get away from it. She tries not to fall. I know. And it was it felt so like, honestly, it felt like kind of like. Offense, like violent, almost like it felt like really threatening, like he just he walks up to her, you know, and goes, I feel like anything on a boat feels kind of threatening. (laughs) And he goes, I thought I might see you here. And that just like made me so angry. Like it's not that's not even a real like, dude, you're married. Just say hi. You're married. Yeah, yeah, you're married. And that's your ex-girlfriend who you like left like high and dry and broke her heart. And what an she, ass. you can tell that she's trying to protect herself by like moving away multiple times. Yeah, she is. And then the body language. For, yeah. Yeah. And then for the end for him to just like leave that mess- message and show up at her apartment. Insane. It's psychotic behavior. Hey, Carrie, I'm here on your corner. I know you're home. Pick up. I, uh, I, Jesus, well, I miss you, I can't fucking stop thinking about you, there you have it. So basically what happens is it it appears that Big drinks himself silly, I'm guessing, and Aiden steps out to go downstairs to like a deli to grab some coffee filters or something. And she gets a knock on the door, probably thinking it was Aiden who like left the keys and it's big. And that Sarah, like this is the first time I've like watched like this episode in like years. I was like scared. This is like, did you, I I, like freaked out when when I saw him there. No, go home to your wife. 
Go. What is it? I think it's like the reason why it freaks me out is that he just, I know that this is maybe like pre-texting, but he like was in her doorway, like as if he was going to enter. And that just felt like crossing yeah. that through the, like that just felt like an invasion of someone's personal space. And like that feels very physically like threatening to me. Yeah. And and it's funny because you can, it's not funny, but I, I, you can see her actively in this episode, try and push him away, walking yes. away, pushing away, shutting the door, shutting the yeah. machine off. And yet with her, she's drawn to it. Yeah. That's the dance, the withdrawal dance, the push and pull. Like she's being sucked right into those inappropriate boundary crossing behaviors because she's that way. But so, also he, he like, to just defend Carrie for a second, he's the one who shows up has and has the nerve to be like, what was that back there? Like, i.e. the way Carrie was acting on the boat. And it yeah, because she wasn't giving him the attention he usually gets. And he that kind of like set him off a little. Bit. Oh, yeah. Usually she's ready there, flirty, ready to do a little witty repartee. Yeah. With him. And he and, yeah, and that's and he like super confused. And that's like translation for being like, are you mad at me? You know, like that's how it felt like it was coming <laughs> out from big. Like, why are you mad at me? Like, blah, 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 blah. and it just feels like someone who can't. I mean, he can't accept responsibility. It's just so crazy to me. Yeah, and it's so sad because we know what's happening next week. Wait, do we? Oh, is, on next week's episode, we know what happens. Oh, is this Easy when he come, says it's go. not working, or is he, or is that where he says it with the? You are so right. No, no, no. That's when he's dating that celebrity, that high-profile person. Nope, no, it's not. Wait, when? So when does he? He's also drunk. He, when that, he that's says when he that. goes to the furniture store, and Carrie runs into him, and he's there with Natasha wearing white again. Oh yeah, and um, he's isn't he drunk? drunk? Yeah, and yeah, he's drunk again, which also kind of an alarm bell. Carrie. Yeah, like oh, maybe alcoholic behavior is not working. But, okay, we yeah. would be remiss if we did not talk about Miranda and Steve. I'm worried we're not going to get to them. Oh my gosh, this is the Mirandas. We have to get to them. I forgot that so early yeah. into season three, they they have they have their second breakup. Yes, yes, this is no, and it, and again, there's some weird and just like that kind of deja vu going on. Where do you yeah. want to explain kind of what's going on between Miranda and Steve? Yes. So in this episode, Miranda and Steve have this very like mother-child-like relationship yes. in which Miranda is coming off as the kind of um, serious, severe mother-type figure who has a hard job, is really focused on her career. And Steve comes off as the fun-loving child. They have him in a striped shirt. He's eating cartoons. He's wearing his cute glasses. He's giggling. Hey, you're going to have to get used to a noisy house if we're going to have a baby around. Okay, look, I've been thinking about this baby thing. We're really not in a great place right now. And I don't think, can we have this conversation, please, without Scooby-Doo? It's a great one. It's the one where they find the ghost in the old salt mine. I'm serious, Steve. Turn off the cartoons. But Scoobs, what about the ghost? You know what? Forget it. Miranda. It was then that Miranda realized she may have already had a baby in her house. 
And they are really juxtaposed against each other as being just like not the right timing in a relationship, yeah. right? Like you can just see the conflict building between them. She's feeling frustrated. He's feeling ignored, whatever. Um, he brings up, they're at this restaurant, he brings up how much like maybe he'd want a baby. And Miranda is really taken aback by that because they're not in a really good place. And, yeah. you know, as the episode progresses, you know, Steve brings this up and you can tell Miranda's super frustrated. She's feeling frustrated in the relationship. She's feeling like she kind of that they're not in a good place. Yeah. So the baby would just be a Band-Aid. He ends up calling her to come meet meet her at this like, you know, little puppy store and they get a puppy and you can tell that she's not fully invested in this dog. Yeah. But just kind of wants to make Steve happy. The puppy is whining at night. Miranda takes this as like, you know, this is what having a child with you would be like. And Miranda breaks up with him and says, like, I've tried, I've tried, it's not working. I do think the breakup felt a little out of left field. I don't, I wish we had gotten more lead up. I think because the last episode we left off with them having sex on the washer after the skid mark. I mean, maybe the skid mark really pushed her over the edge. (laughs) We don't know. We don't know how traumatized she was by the skid mark. Clearly a lot. I Um, know. I think you're right about that. It felt like it, it just felt like it should have just been a bad week. But it, it turned into a breakup. But I but you know what? I think I think it got really jarring for Miranda. I mean, as she said, like, so what are we like? Actually, my Miranda sarcasm is when uh, Steve is saying, oh, it will be fun. We can watch Sesame Street like having a kid. Miranda, <laughs> the sarcasm is it's not like owning a foosball table, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like i.e. having a baby and it's not like just yeah. fun all the time and i think that like actually it, maybe it does make sense because i think that i know he scared the shit out of her and she said that she's trying to like make partner in her firm like she was working one night and you know he had the music super loud and so i think that she you know was feeling like I don't know. Maybe it was kind of sudden, but um, I I'm sure she had a lot of and and very in a similar to and just like that a lot of internal turmoil about them that's not shared. I think she's somebody who probably processes a lot inside, and then when things come out, it probably feels like out of nowhere. But she's done a lot of the internal processing. I know I relate to that quite quite a lot, um, and. I, you can see, she says something to Carrie at one point where she says, you know, are we just kind of like not compatible or is it not a good fit? Or am I just running away from something that would yeah. make me happy? You know, like would having a baby make me happy? And I think a lot of us face those choices in which, you know, is this really not bad for me or, or, or am I engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors or am I like letting go of something because I'm afraid of it? You know, yeah. like, sure. That's, it's a, not a human question. Um, I it was definitely a sad breakup for them because we eventually know that they don't end up together. I know. And it's right and like and I remember before and just like that I'd watch that knowing you guys are going to get back, yeah. you're going to be happy and now you're like fuck like they this is now like they broke up twice. I know. I actually have a carry tracker that involves Miranda and Steve. I don't need professional help. I've got you guys. Yeah, for about another 10 minutes. I think I know which one you're going to say. Tell me. Yeah. So Miranda is venting. They're with Carrie. They're walking on the street and, you know, she's basically like 
analyzing, overanalyzing what it would be like to have be parents and Steve would be this way, I would be this way. And Carrie goes, this baby's going to need a lot of therapy. (laughs) 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 And it's perfect Carrie tracker. That's such a good. Yeah. And it's like, this is for the person who like (laughs) doesn't go to therapy. And also our Carrie tracker chime is I don't need therapy. (laughs) I've got you guys. Wait, that's fantastic. That's such a good call out. Um, Uh, Speaking of which, do you have any other carry trackers? I I think my carry tracker was the on the boat talking to Charlotte and Trey, just the like impatience she had. Yeah. I think we've all been there when a friend tells the same story. But, Mm. you know, like you kind of like you're seeing your friends super happy and in love. And yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like just kind of indulge her. Yeah. And and don't kind of roll your eyes and make it make her seem silly. I don't know. That was my carry tracker. I feel like she was looking down on Charlotte's joy. Oh, my God. She totally was because she like couldn't be like happy herself. But okay, so. I have a I just looked at my notes and so I saw the 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 Samantha story. First off, if any Sopranos fan, that was I think it was Tony's neighbor, Len, oh, the guy in it, the like creepy he's artist. Just the neighbor all across all HBO series. Absolutely. That guy has like you know, D-list celebrity a- extra written all over him. Oh, can I do an impression but, of Glenn Schneider? <laughs> do it. So uh, Samantha moves into this meat hit meatpacking district loft. And her neighbor is like, knock, knock. And he's like, well, there goes the neighborhood. Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Schneider, 4A. <laughs> I, and then he goes, I make a mean wine spritzer, which sounds like a roofie. That's <laughs> <laughs> a mean wine spritzer. And he was so ridiculous. And it, it's so sad that that Samantha just like ended up. She's like, well, this is it. Like, I'm calling, hanging up, hanging up my hat. You know, got to go out with this. I don't have date. my period. Then, you know, I need to h- hang out with this. Yeah. Yeah. Guy, um, yeah. So then she ends up going out with this guy and they have like the most awkward looking sex. Like, she's so disinterested. She's lying there like a dead fish. And he's just like, you know, saying something, something, Jenny daddy, and- like give it to daddy or something gross. Yeah. <laughs> And then he like looks down and then she had gotten her period all over the bed. And he's like, and I, this really bothered me, Gilly. (laughs) I don't like the term aunt flow. I I feel like I I cringe thinking about it, saying it. This episode had a lot of things when people talked about like bodily things that made me kind of cringe. Either you're a virgin or your flow is wild or something gross. It's tacky and gross and just not okay. And so, yeah, I was super happy for Samantha. She's like, oh, God, I'm embarrassed. I must go. It's so so funny. I know. I love that he's like like, happy. He's like, these are $2,000 fucking Pratessi sheets. (laughs) Has that ever happened to you with some like random guy? Having my period? Like all over the bed. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every... But like it was with like a boyfriend, to- so it doesn't count. <laughs> all right. So it was... um No, it was with this guy and he was a boyfriend at the time. And so it wasn't like super uncomfortable, but I remember like... And he was super nice about it, but it was bad. It was a bad situation. It was before I had a Mirena IUD. So I actually had a period and I it was just mortifying and... Wait, actually, was he nice about it? Because I had to take the duvet home. Like I, because this no. guy lived in the 
No. I lived in the sorority, and so then, like, I had free laundry. So, like, uh, I just remember him. Actually, wait. Never mind. I'm, like, reworkshopping the story as I'm telling it. But pretty much, I remember it happened, and then, like, he had to pay for laundry. And so then I took his sheets in the duvet home and then washed it in the sorority house. Oh, so he didn't have to pay for laundry? Pretty much. I mean, I, I, I knowing me, I definitely like offered like, oh, I'll do it. I'll take it. I'll take care of it. All right. <laughs> you know what like, that reminds so me mortified. of? It reminds what? me. It, it's a perfect segue to the this hilarious Charlotte and Trey line. Um, basically, they're on the boat and they're like, you know, rehashing their love story to Carrie. And Charlotte's like, tell her about the meter part. And basically, like. He asked the taxi, like, stop the meter to like, <laughs> and I can't tell if that stopping the meter is romantic or not. <laughs> like he was on the pulse, making sure like he didn't like spend an extra nickel while someone was like dying potentially Wait, on the road. Is so funny. You're right. Stop the yeah. Is it romantic or just fucking cheap? <laughs> okay, that is so 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 great. Um, okay, what are some fashion callouts you have? Oh my god, she's fashion roadkill. I loved Carrie's wavy hair and that navy blue dress. I mean, yep. it was kind of was like it. a blonde navy blue dress. I just thought she looked great though. That was def. That's definitely the out- outfit of the episode because I totally loved that look. Um, she rocked it, braless. I thought that was interesting. Yes. Um, it definitely was very nipply, <laughs> and it was a cold, windy <laughs> boat ride. So that was bold to do. Peaking big um, interest. Peaking <laughs> those nipples for calling them, ahoy, matey. But I think I think the I love the natural curls so much. Like her hair yeah. is just so yeah. fantastic. Uh, Miranda, and those gold hoops. Yeah, Miranda had a great pair of like um, dangly earrings um, towards the end. Yeah, we don't do a lot of Miranda fashion callouts. <laughs> I liked her tight cami with PJ pants at the end. <laughs> looked cozy and fun um and i also loved aiden's pink glasses when he was taking the dog for a walk oh yeah 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 um yeah i thought he looked super i mean aiden's aiden's dress and clothing is impressing me this season yeah yeah um i did think it was i don't know i did not like seeing him like being fed like lo mein by carrying with his shirt off like that was like gross to me and ben <laughs> no i know okay so <laughs> this is what i'm saying there was a lot of things in this episode it was, a, it was like not tidy like, food <laughs> n- no yeah no lo mein absolutely not <laughs> but there was something else in this episode i don't know if anyone else felt this and if you did please let us know on on instagram so I cannot stand, I've said this before, I do not, I cannot stand the sound of smooching between characters when it's not like Like eating and smooching at the same time. I don't like the sounds of eating. I don't like the sound of smooching, especially when it's like, I, 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 I hate that. At one point I covered my ears and I went, la, 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 la. (laughs) I was, um, this is actually, before we conclude, I actually wanted to bring up this Samantha thing, which is. I find it like I didn't like that Samantha slept with that creepy neighbor. It made me feel like she was really pathetic. You know what? She has so many notches on her bedposts and she's had great sex and she can like turn around 
in a week and have great sex. Like, why did she need to, like, sleep with that nasty, gross neighbor of hers? Well, I think this goes into something my mom described as as she just considers Samantha a beta. Oh, I think that's what Jordan had mentioned. Remember? Jordan. Yeah, I think that was Jordan. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, she derives so much of her self-worth through her sexuality and her perceived sexuality that when she felt like that was threatened by menopause, she completely lowered her standards and did something that went against things that she wanted. So, yeah, I mean, it's also kind of nice to see Samantha vulnerable and to see, but it it didn't, it wasn't really like, it didn't elicit like, like sympathy or compassion. It was kind of pathetic. Yeah. Like she, she didn't have to be there. Like I would have just like put my feet up on the couch and put on like a true crime doc and like, you know, bake some cookies. Like there are other ways to like wallow. (laughs) I know. But if if you, in this series, Samantha will turn to men a lot for that. There's like that scene. Wasn't it the one where she's like, and she, kissed the Pakistani busboy or, oh you know, when God, she's with yes. Smith and she ends up sleeping yes, with Richard creepy. she feels bad. And so well, she's, yeah. and she also, when like, when she's with Richard, she sleeps with that weird, gross, like, um, like tabloid pr- guy. B- B- BJ or DJ or yeah, something. Yeah, PJ, yeah, PJ. Yeah, so she kind of, that's definitely part of her character is like when yeah. she's feeling down about herself to kind of take it out. So she both empowers herself through sex and kind of disempowers herself, which I would say yeah. makes sense because she uses it as just a coping mechanism, both positively and negatively. Um, yeah. Okay. I have one random last thing about this episode. Yeah. Now I had to rewind the episode five times okay. just so I could check and confirm I heard what I heard. Okay. When Aiden is leaving the apartment to go get <laughs> coffee filters, he says, I'm going to go down to the Korean. Yeah. So is that something that people say that I they're going to go down to the is Korean? Is that like a bodega? Like a Korean market? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was saying he's going to go down like there's a Korean man that works there. And I was like, <laughs> was like I'm going to go down into the Korean. And I was like, that's going to be like, I'm going to go down to like the black or something, the Dominican. I don't know. It felt very. I mean, it definitely I, don't, had, I, I think it was more of its time too, like the Korean market, like go down to the Korean market and like. Yeah, but she lives on like the Upper East Side. We, I, I don't yeah, there's know. A, there are Korean markets. Geographically, that. that's not really. I, I don't know. We I used to have a Aiden. Korean market like a block away, and we would say the exact same thing. Like, I'm gonna go down to the Korean market. <laughs> I'm gonna go see that old Korean man for some coffee filter. Um, <laughs> all right, so guys, next week we have season three, episode nine, "Easy Come, Easy Go," and oh boy, this is a good one. We have. <laughs> Carrie and Big. <laughs> is this one ruining lives? Carrie wears so. her like see-through like blouse with the red bra underneath, and she's like helping Aiden at like the Javits Center bitch. or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm his booth bitch. Oh yep. yes, <laughs> we got yeah. some booth bitches. Yep. <laughs> well, um, what are you going right. to rate this episode? I had a religious experience at Manolo Blahnik. Um, I'm going to rate this episode of four. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, I'm going to go with a four. I could have gone 4.5, but honestly, I was really, um, I had a lot of misophonia, like 
episode. That throughout is this, not fucking smooth- Cal. You can't. It does. I think that does has not to do with the sound the editing. editing. I think they need to work on their sound editing. <laughs> This whole podcast is misophonia. Okay. <laughs> All right. I gave it a 4.5. I think that's super I'm gonna, fair. I think I think I'm gonna be start giving a lot of four to five ratings for the next several episodes of this season. Oh yeah. I mean, I would say there's no episode I'd give below a four. I I you know I tend to change my ratings after you give them i may switch to a 4.25 but i'll keep it as a four for right now keep for it dignity. as a four for now <laughs> conviction okay. all right um all right bye everybody thanks for listening we'll see you next week um bye little kegel weights bye, bye our little vagina balls 